in the middle of a series on heartbeats, um, the values we um, use in church life, which ultimately become the vehicle for us to walk out our vision. So we're not saying that's our vision, but how are we going to get to our vision? And the values create like a vehicle for this is how we're going to behave, this is how we're going to think and act. And as we all do it together, we move forward. And our values are wrapped up in the acronym HEART. Turn to the person next to you and say HEART. The H, does anyone know what the H stands for? Honor. Honor. Does anyone know what E stands for? Does anyone know what A stands for? I'll tell you what, guys, you're on fire. R stands for reaching out, and T stands for together. Honor, excellence, advancement, reaching out, and together. The difficulty is we can all go, oh, that sounds good, but we don't want strap lines. We want lifestyles. So we don't just want to think, oh, that's nice, and I understand what it means. We need to start living like that, thinking like that, talking like that, together. And as we do that, it enables us to be the, have a vehicle to walk into our vision, which is to see lives change ultimately. Yeah. So we've done honor, we've done excellence. Sarah did an awesome job on reaching out. Were you here last week for reaching out? Uh, how about a round of applause for our preacher? Very, very talented woman, and just keep praying for her. She's going to get more opportunities to preach. I know it, and you've got something special there, says. So today, I'm going to talk about advancement. It's so amazing the way the service has already gone, because I'm thinking, like, I don't really need to get up and preach. We've prayed it all in already. <laughs> but that's when you know it's God, isn't it? In fact, let's just go home. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but how about when we look at advancement, it's that whole idea is, we don't want to stay the same forever. Who in life, forget church and family and work. You as a person, you don't want to stay the same forever. You want to grow. You want to move forward. You want to learn. You want to get better. We all want, another word for that is advancement. Yeah. So the whole point of this message is that we, you as an individual, wants to move forward. We as a church want to move forward. What a good value. That's something we want to make sure is happening, that we move forward. We advance. Turn to the person behind you and say, it's time to advance. We belong to a kingdom, those of you who know Jesus, have welcomed Jesus in your life, we believe, belong to the kingdom of God. And who knows that the kingdom of God is always advancing. Therefore, if you stand still and the kingdom's advancing, you're actually going backwards. It's actually impossible in the kingdom to, to be still. You're either advancing with it or you're getting further behind. There's no kind of middle ground. So we need to be people who are advancing. When Jesus talked about the kingdom, he used the idea of the mustard seed. And the mustard seed is something that's little, little tiny seed. Little tiny mustard seed. And he said, but when it's planted, it grows into this big plant. Yeah? So the whole point is it didn't stay a seed. It grew. It advanced. And the outworking of that was that the seed itself was blessed because it grew and fulfilled its potential. But it got so big that it provided shade for the birds and a place for the birds to perch on. So the seed grew, but then it wasn't just about the seed. It was about others. And right there, I think, is the heart of the kingdom of God, that you want to move forward, you want to be blessed, you want your life going in the right direction, and as you do that, other people are blessed too. That's right at the heart of the thing. Who knows the story where you know, the three guys get talents, amounts of money, and one gets five, and one gets two, and one gets one. And the master goes away, and he says, I'm giving you these talents, look after them. And the guy who has the one invests it. Turn to the person next to you and say, invests it. That means he gets active. He does something. He doesn't just sit there. The guy who has two talents invests it. He gets active about it. He does something with it. The guy who has one talent, and I always interpret this, well, fair play. If you had the one talent, what would you do? It's like, he got five. 
I've only got one. But the one talent represented a whole year's wages. So I don't know what an average salary is. Let's, let's go high and believe for it's 50 grand, yeah? 50 grand, yeah. All the students are like, yes, sir. Let's say it's 50 grand. You start thinking, he didn't just have one little talent. It was a year's wages. And what did he do? He sat on it. He buried it. He kept hold of it. Now, in his eyes, he's not doing anything wrong. But the master comes back and he's disappointed. Why? Because he didn't grow it. It didn't advance. It stayed still. And he was unhappy. But the other two invested it. That's a step of faith. Because anyone who knows about investments know that there's some risk attached. No, no guarantee at all. But he invested it. And when the master came back, he had more. He had advanced it. The guy with two invested it. And when the master came back, he had advanced it. The guy who had one did nothing. And he said, here it is, just as you asked. Right? And he was disappointed. And that is representative of the kingdom life. We are called to invest into something. We are called to be active. We are called to take a risk. We are called to step out in faith so that when the master comes back, we've grown. We've advanced. We've got some fruit to show for it. Not just to say, I did my best to be a good person. I didn't do anything wrong. (laughs) That's not it. That's not it at all. It's about taking steps of faith to invest into something that's bigger than you so when the master comes back, you've advanced. Are you getting it? So this whole idea, this value of advancement is so, so important, and it's a process. Let's have a look at Joshua, chapter 1, verse 3. It says this, God speaking to Joshua, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Here's the thing with that. There's two factors that Joshua has to deal with. Number one, there's faith, because he's looking where he's been asked to step, and it's quite scary. But having believed God in faith that he's going to give it to me, he then actually has to take the step. So there's an active step and there's an element of faith. Do you hear me? And faith so often is a little bit scary. Because if it wasn't, it's, it's not faith, is it? Oh, I can just do that. But God wants us to trust him. So the question is in your life, do you truly believe God will do what he says he's going to do? Do you truly believe he's going to take you where he says he's going to take you? Because if you truly believe that, the faith step is easier. And God wants his church to be so sturdy in faith that we're willing to take that step. Do you hear me? I want to be leading a church full of people who say, I'm going to take a step. I'm going to take a step. I'm going to take a step. I don't believe God wants to take a leap. Sometimes we, we get such great ideas, like, yeah, we'll go for that. And then you're free falling. It's painful. God just says, take, take a step and I'll meet you there. Take a step and I'll meet you there. But in taking a step, what are you doing? Advancing. Yeah. And you're advancing with the kingdom. I just love, I think Gemma's here today. Gemma, are you here? Gemma, stand up and give us a twirl. Look at Gemma. Round of applause for Gemma. It's always nice to have stories in your own church life of people who are doing that. Now, Gemma gave a bit of testimony a little while ago, and I'm sure I'll drag her up again at some point. But um, she took a massive faith step. She got a desire in her heart to reach out to young people who are struggling in, in the school system, who have been not only sent out of school, but sent out of the school you get sent out to. Who looks after them? That's big. Now, Gemma has a very good and secure senior role in a school. And God said, but I've put in your heart something more than that. Now, safety says, but I've got a good job. I've got bills to pay. I've got the kids to feed. I've got a husband to keep happy. (laughs) (laughs) But faith says, 
But there's more than this. Faith says there's fruit to be had. Faith says there's some growing to be done. So what does Gemma do? Hands are noticing. Come, a round of applause for the woman. Because it's very easy to say I've got faith for something until you've actually got to do something, which is a risk. And so she stepped out in faith. I'm believing with Gemma and everyone else involved in reach. Remember that word? It's called reach. It's called reach. It's called reach. Pray for that ministry, reach ministry, that they're going to get everything they need over and above and they're going to just reach young people. Let's not give up on young people. What a great vision they've got. But it's taken faith and it's taken an active step to actually say, I'm in this with you. This is where Joshua's at. It's like, I'm going to give you everywhere you place your foot. But what does that mean? You've got to place your foot. I'm going to give you everywhere you place your foot. Place your foot. I know there are other people, I don't want to tell everyone's story, but there are other people who are making big life decisions. And I want to say, go on. Because as you take a step of faith, God's going to meet you there. I've got, a, it's a bit of cheese, but we don't mind a bit of cheese, do we? A bit of cheese. But I've got a little clip from Indiana Jones. Anyone seen Indiana Jones? It's just a minute and a half. I think it will speak for itself. Can we play the clip? Speaks for itself, hey? Isn't that the essence of it? Oh, no, this is scary. This is frightening. This is dangerous. But there's a faith inside of me that says, God's got me. So I'm going to... Big old step he took there, wasn't it? <laughs> I might have done a hammy there. <laughs> Do you see? Come on, church. Is God challenging you to take a step of faith? Is God challenging you to advance? You know, this isn't just about the church. It's about you as an individual. That You've got so much fruit on the other side of your faith. Yeah. If you'll take the step... And sometimes that's uncomfortable. But you'll only ever get the story of my God's goodness if you'll take the step. So stir yourself this morning. Are you feeling stirred? So there's two things. There's two ways I want to look at this whole idea of advancement. There's one, addressing the past. And there's part two of looking what can I be active about in the future going forwards. Who knows? Everyone's got a past. And sometimes those things hold us and we wrestle with them. But I know this. John 10, 10, which is fast becoming my favorite verse, is Jesus saying, I came that you would have life and life in its fullness. You know, I really, as a Jesus guy, I really, it really bugs me when I know that people think that Jesus just makes life boring. 
the whole idea that Jesus wants to box you in and pin you down and wrap you up and you can't do this and you can't say that. It's just like, oh, Christianity's boring. No, we're missing it. If that's what it's about. Jesus said, I came to make it bigger and better. And I like to use the word outrageous. Because when you do life with Jesus, amazing things happen. You wouldn't have that story like Indiana right there if you don't step out in faith knowing Jesus has got me. Oh, yeah, but you can't have a drink and you can't have sex and you can't swear. So what? Look at my life. It's flipping amazing. We're missing. We're majoring on the minors. And yet when Jesus is in the midst of it, life just gets better. Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14. This is Paul writing to the church at Philippi. And he says this, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. Here's this amazing man of faith saying, I've got a past, but rather than keep looking at my past, I look to my future and I press in to attain the goal that God's got for me and I'm pressing forwards for it. The reality is that's all of our goals. We, we don't want to be looking back, do we? There's lots of biblical testimony about not looking back. Ask Lot's wife. You know, Don't look back. She turns into a pillar of salt. That's not a good look, ladies. <laughs> a bit dehydrated there, love. But the point is, let's go forward. Let's go forward. Our goal is not to let our past dictate our future. But sometimes in reality, it does hold us. That's our goal, that verse there. Not looking back, but pressing forward. But who knows, as people, sometimes that's just not where we sit. And we have to wrestle through some stuff. Proverbs eighteen twenty one says this, The power of life and death are in the tongue. Who knows if someone says something to you enough, it can get in you. Particularly if it's someone of value in your life, a parent, a grandparent, a teacher, random, a, a, te- <laughs> a teacher, that's fine, don't worry about it, a teacher, a coach, people of value, a husband, a wife, if they say something to you enough, it gets in here. And in the end, that thing that's got in here stops you from getting here. And it's a reality for some people. We do the marriage prep course, and I think we're running through with two or three couples right now, which has been really exciting. And one of the things we say to those guys is, you have given each other the ability, more than anyone else in the planet, to build each other up or tear each other down. Because you're becoming one. You are aligning yourself to walk out the rest of your life together. So if the husband is forever saying to the woman, oh, buck your ideas up, love your rubbish. Your cooking's rubbish. Oh, lose some weight. You are destroying that woman because your words carry death. Or you can say, you're amazing. I'm so blessed to be with you. And you're giving a life. And husbands and wife has more power than anyone else on the planet to speak life or death to each other. So husbands, speak well of your wife. Not just to her, but behind her back and to everyone else who will listen. I always love Daniel and Sarah's story. They've been married for nearly 20 years now. How was that? And I've never once, ever, never once, ever heard either of them talk each other down, ever. That's cool because they speak life into each other. It's no wonder they've got a strong marriage. And it's challenging. But the point I'm trying to make is every one of us have had words spoken over us. Every one of us have had words spoken to us. And we have this choice now. Have they got in us, which is holding us back here, when God is trying to get us over here? Is your past 
life in terms of speaking, holding you somewhere. And I know this, God can set you free. God can set you free. One moment in the presence of Jesus, praying the right prayer with the right person brings freedom and you can then strain forward, not looking back anymore. But there's too many people who are bound. When I was um, younger, I, I, I was playing for Ipswich Town. I, I was in their youth team. I was really hopeful for a professional career there. I got down to the last, the last few when they were making the selection process. And uh, the, the coach called Pete Trevivian, I think he's still the youth coach at Ipswich even now, he called me in and he said, Barry, you know, we're not going to offer you a contract. Who knows at that moment, as a young man, just like, oh, all my dreams were just sucked away in a moment. He was very kind, though. He didn't say, you're not good enough, you're never going to make it. He said this, go and prove me wrong. He said, you've got something, you've got something, otherwise you wouldn't be here. But you're not what we're looking for right now. Go and prove me wrong. And I admired him for that. What a kind man. What I had in my life was parents that believed in me. I had a dad who drove me up and down the car. I don't know how many miles he did, but it was a lot. Because when you're playing professional football, you, you, it's, it's not just in Colchester. It's all over the country, training and all this kind of stuff. And he'd take me, and every day we'd analyse, and he'd say, you're really good at this, son, I believe in you. And when, after that conversation, I remember the, the journey home. And I was gutted. But it was my dad who was then able to say, come on, let's, let's prove him wrong then. And he built me back up. And I went on, and, and lots of lads who did get taken on actually dropped out of, uh, out of football later life. Some lads who had that conversation never kicked a ball again because they totally lost their confidence. Well, I went on to play professional football for Dagenham and Redbridge because I had people in my life who would speak positively into me. Be someone who builds someone else up because you're allowing them to advance. And we're part of a kingdom that advances. Am, am I making my point? Yeah. How about this in Colossians 3.13? Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Who knows forgiveness is big? Forgiveness is, is just a thing we need to grasp so, so much. The, thing, the trouble is people treat us poorly. Give me a wave if you've been through something that hurt. And that will probably be everyone in the room, actually, even if you're not going to stick your hand up. Every one of us has been hurt. Stuff happens. We can't choose how people treat us, but we can choose how we respond. And it's, it's a choice that allows you to stand still or a choice that allows you to advance. Uh, this is what I believe. Unforgiveness leads to resentment. Can't believe they treated me like that. I didn't deserve that. That's just awful. But resentment unchecked leads to bitterness. And bitterness unchecked over a period of time actually leads to sickness. You get so bitter about everything that you just start to close down. And sickness unchecked leads to death. Whether it's a physical death, and it might, but if not, it stops you from living the life you were supposed to, which in effect is a death. And so the only person getting hurt by unforgiveness is you. And so there's this biblical principle that says, forgive as you were forgiven. Why? Because it stops you being held in your past. I've told this story lots of times, and I believe God gave me this story because of this issue that uh, Daniel and I used to run a business together, and I'm quite successful, and this lad came to the church and said, I've got this business proposition, but I don't have this money to, to make it happen. And we invested £20,000 into this business to set it up, and it was really exciting, and he had a contract, and we were all ready to go, and it was going to be brilliant. 
And we felt like this is an opportunity to free us up financially. It's going to be great. We're going to press into the church. And our motives were good. So having invested this money, it didn't move where we hoped it would move. It's three months down the line. Not much was happening. And Daniel and I had a conversation. said, this just doesn't feel right. So we took this contract to the guys who had signed the contract. We, we met with them and said, and when we showed them the contract, they went white. They were like, never seen that before. That is my signature, but I didn't sign that. And so this lad who'd come to church and met us had trumped up this idea, got us to invest £20,000 and forged the lot. Well, obviously we were going, praise the Lord, bless him. <laughs> we weren't going, wait till I flip and see him. He is dumb <laughs> So we went round his house. Just to say, love you, bro. Got to his house and he'd moved. Yeah, we reacted a bit like that. <laughs> We've never seen him since. Never seen him since. Or my 20 grand. But here's the thing. I was a young pastor at that time, leading a church. If I can't forgive, how can I lead a church and preach forgiveness? And I was tested big. Because who knows, I didn't have that money to throw around. It took Sarah and I five years to pay a loan off to, to correct that. It cost us family holidays and the niceties of life. We couldn't have it through gritted teeth, I'll have you know. But God taught me something. Because I could be all bitter about that, or I could stand up in front of you free and say, do you know what? It was painful, but I'm advancing. I'm not going to be held there. So I don't know what you've experienced, but I know this. Make a choice to forgive. Otherwise, it will hold you back from advancing to where you need to be. And where you need to be is so exciting. I don't know what's happened. And it may be horrible because horrible stuff does happen. But let it go because the person you're freeing is you. Can we make that choice, church? So when we start talking about moving forward, there's lots of different aspects to that, and you couldn't cover them all in, in one message, but I want to throw a, 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 few, a few thoughts out. Here in John 15, verse 2, it says this. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it will be even more fruitful. If we want to grow, if we want to advance, if we want to be the best version of ourselves, if we want to step into our dream, what needs pruning? What needs cutting out? Because the reality is I think people want to see something bigger and better in their life but don't like the change. But who knows you have to change to have something different and better. And so my challenge to you today is what can you look at in terms of lifestyle, people you're hanging out with, what you spend your time and money on? What needs to go? It just isn't helping you get where you're dreaming of. And what needs to be pruned and clipped a little bit and just transformed so that it just bears more fruit? But there will be decisions that you need to make that say, I'm cutting that out of my life because my destiny is more important. Sometimes just hanging around with the wrong people is not helping you. You know, there's a phrase, isn't there, you know, you become like the people you spend the most time with. Now, I don't know if that's biblically true particularly, but I think there's some truth in it. And so it's not saying I don't want to spend any time with these people because they don't think like I think, but how much time are you spending and who's influencing who is a good question. And so therefore, do you need to cut some stuff out, prune some stuff because you've got destiny in your heart, you've got dreams in your heart, and I'm advancing into that and that's holding me back because I have to make a choice. Can you see this? 
And the, the, the Bible talks about a kingdom that's advancing by force. Sometimes we just have to make some big choices to grab hold of our destiny. Not just drift and say, Jesus, sort it all out for me. Come on, you're a clever man. You're a clever woman. Make a good choice. And as you make a good choice, God will back your choice. And sometimes that's a step of faith. Well, if I cut that out of my life, what have I got? But I don't know what I'll step in and suddenly like, wow, this is better. Can you see? It's about advancing. It's about your personal dream happening. And sometimes you have to make great choices to do that. When we do life together as a church, uh, I, I love the idea of mentorship or, or, or someone who you, you admire, spiritually speaking, or maybe is ahead of you. And that, that whole idea of not someone like that coming and going, there, 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 it'll be all right. Because that doesn't solve anything. There, 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 maybe it not, won't be all right. How about, come on, let's wrestle this through and make a decision. Come on, get your life by the scruff of the neck and make it happen. God will back your choice, but you can't drift and go there, there, there anymore. It's not the time we're living in church. God needs men and women who are going to make brave decisions. Because there's destiny. There's lives to be changed. There's dreams to unfold. There's businesses to happen. All because you're prepared to prune something, cut something out, and make a great choice because you're going somewhere. Is there an amen in the house? Come on, turn to the person next to you and say, get it by the scruff of the neck. How about this? Do you need to commit to do something positive? Do you need to commit to study a new course? Now, I know people who, much later in life, have completely changed careers. And, oh, why would you do that? But at the other end of it, they're so much happier. They might have done something for 20 years and then they just changed. And it meant studying. Do you need to get around people who are doing the thing you dream of? And sometimes that costs you. So Pastor Peter, who's spoken here several times, you know, I look to him. Because he is doing the things I'm dreaming of. He's ahead of me. He's got some wisdom and some experience in his life. And so what I do is every single Tuesday, I have a meeting with him and some of the team for two hours every Tuesday. Every other Tuesday, I actually travel to Chertsey. And on the other one, I FaceTime in. So I'm committing my time to that. But not only that, who knows it's 100 miles to Chertsey and 100 miles back. 200 miles I drive to have an hour's conversation with someone. That costs me. Time, energy, finances to get there and back. But you know what? I'm investing in my future. Because when I get around someone like Peter, he challenges me to think differently. You know, I could sit and celebrate. Oh, brilliant. Look at us. What a brilliant church we are. We are flipping amazing. Love you guys. So proud. Everywhere I go, I can talk about Equippers Essex. It's like, yeah, we're smashing it. It's awesome. But I see more. You see more. Now, I want to be bursting out of this building, so we're actually, we've got to move because we can't fit in the building. That's what I see. And yet Peter's grown a church from 38 people to over 1,000 people in five years. He's got something. He's doing something amazing. And so I want to get around that. So I make a choice to shift my life around to buy into that relationship. Do you hear what I'm saying? So is there someone that you need to spend time with and actively pursue that relationship because it's going to help you get where you want to go and advance? <laughs> We're part of a kingdom advancement, so don't drift and sit there and go, well, I don't know. Get active, people. Get around someone. Get some wisdom. Get some advice. I always say, you know, if you want to be a great golfer, go and hang out with a great golfer. Don't hang out with me. I play zigzag golf. I'm over there and over there and over there. 
But someone who knows how to hold the club, someone who knows how to position the body, where to put the feet, they'll give you their wisdom. You can apply that same principle to any area of your life. Get around someone who's doing what you want to do. And then you'll advance. But it takes time. It takes effort. Will you train? Uh, Ian Fraser's not here this morning. The reason he's not here is because he's just run a half marathon. And he coached a half marathon. He chose a couple of years ago that he wanted to really pursue some fitness in his life. He felt he'd got a bit sluggish. And so he's committed to doing triathlons. Who knows? That's what kind of choice is that, by the way? <laughs> so so he's, he swims about 25 million miles. And he gets out and he rides around the world on his bike. And then he jogs back again. And it's just like, it's incredible what he does. But I know when I speak to Ian, he says, but I get up at half past five in the morning. And before me and you are out of bed, he's run 10K. I know that when he's done that 10K, he finds a lake and he swims a lap around the lake, for crying out loud. Why? Because it's his dream to improve his fitness and to achieve something. So he gives time and energy and trains. When he comes next week and you talk to him, he will tell you that I can do things or he can do things now that he could never do a year ago because he's committed to train. He's committed to it. I know his goal was to run it in an hour and a half. Do we know, do we know how he did? There you go. Come on. That is borderline elite level. At under an hour and a half to do a half marathon. I couldn't do that on my bike. <laughs> but just see, when you commit to train for something, you advance. So what is the dream in your heart? Who do you need to get around? How do you need to train? Let's take our lives by the scruff of the neck because you are too important to drift. You're too important to drift. So make some choices, people. And as you take those steps of faith, God says, I'll give you the land where you put your feet. Because this isn't just practical stuff. This is about a relationship with Jesus where he walks with you. And so as we buy into that relationship, good things happen. Specifically for church now, it's my goal as the key leader here, but the leadership team's goal to see you advance spiritually. We want to see people maturing in their faith, gifts developing. I want to see evangelism breaking out of the place. People who have Jesus on their lips. I want to see people laying hands on each other and genuinely seeing the miracles happen. Uh, You know, I want to see it all. I want to see it. But that means we have to commit to something. That means we have to take a step. And maybe one of those steps for you as a person is, are you com- would you commit to being in another environment? We have a full midweek program. Do you attend anything? Great prayer. If you're, if you're a prayer warrior on a Tuesday night, every Tuesday here, they pray. And they dig deeper. Not just top-level prayers, but they go deeper. They often end up laying hands on each other and speaking over each other. It's exciting prayer, and it stirs people up. There are testaments of people who have been, oh, I wasn't sure about prayer, but I go every week now, and it, it, it gives me life. Could you be in that environment? We have connect groups where you get around six or seven people, and you share life and discuss the message on Sunday and share life together and pray for each other and cheer each other, rub on, off on each other. Iron sharpens iron, that kind of relationship. Could you get there? Would it help you? You know, we're gonna, we had men's breakfast on Saturday. First one for ages. 22 guys come out and chat together. Who knows when you, get, when you do a call, all the women come. But the men don't. But we had 22 guys come out and say, we want to do this together. It was so, so good. And we were honest. We had a panel and we asked, asked all the awkward questions that men might get. 
But they answered with honesty. And it's just like, yeah, I relate to that. That was helpful. And we've committed to try and pursue friendships. Because men aren't good at friendships. We just get about our business and get on with it. But actually, we need each other. So please pray for the men. But by putting yourself in that environment, you're allowing yourself to advance. Do you see what I'm trying to say? What are you prepared to do in terms of upping your game in the church context so that you spiritually move forward? Are you getting it? Is there an amen in the house? Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16, very famous passage, but here it is. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning of craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in life, we will grow to become in every aspect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Here's the thing. The goal of the leadership isn't to do everything. The goal of the leadership is to equip the church to do everything. And so when the church gets more mature, what happens? We grow. We get bigger. We advance. We move forward. And then new people come into the church and they say, this is a healthy environment. You're all getting bigger and growing and maturing. I want to be part of that. And so the church grows. Do you see? We need to spread the load so we're all playing our little part in this big picture that God calls church. Because it's his number one plan to reach humanity. All the answers the world is wrestling with right now are in the church. And we need to stir each other up to say, I need to grow my spirit person. I don't want to drift anymore. I don't want my master to come back and I say, I did my best to behave myself. Well, whoopee do. How about I didn't just do my best to behave myself. I pressed into something and it got exciting. I prayed for someone. I fought for something in the spirit. I reached out to someone. I showed generosity and kindness because I was so stirred in church. I grew in that way. Can you see it? But that's a choice. That's a choice you can make and I can make. Here's a good question. Could you be in a better place spiritually this time next year? Because you can make a choice now to help that happen. And I believe if you just carry on the same, it'll be okay. But you won't be in a better place. But if you make a choice, and I've shown some choices you might make, get a mentor, get around someone. Go to a different environment. Up your game. How about this? Serve in a team. All those who serve in a team on Sunday, they see what happens. Before you've got here, there's a hive of activity, setting it all up, prayer going on, laughter happening. And then when we see people enjoying the presence of Jesus, we're like, we help to create that. And we puff our chests out. This is good. And we grow. Get involved, people. Let's share this. Let's do it together. I'm preaching my next week's message on togetherness. But it links to moving forward and I know my heavenly father wants your life to move forward in every area in the dream he's placed in your heart in your spirituality in your relationships in your financial world he wants you moving forward it's his heart for you but it's your life and you get to choose so my cry to all of you today is let's start making some good choices and let's do it together and let's celebrate the wins that's why I wanted to pray for people who've made a step of faith 
because we're going to celebrate their wins. That's why I wanted to pray for people who are feeling like, I need to make a step of faith because we're going to pray for you and celebrate your wins. We do it together. When Gemma wins, I win because we're in this together. I pray for her all the time. When you win, I win because we're in it. Just see, and it's about you advancing and just living this life that says, I know my Jesus is with me because I'm doing things I only dreamed about a year ago, but it's already happening for me. Do you grab it? Come on, let's stand up and let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for every amazing person here, everyone unique, everyone with their own dream in their heart, everyone with their own talent, everyone full of hope somewhere. And I thank you, Lord God, that your promise is I'll give you everywhere you put your foot. Your promise is I'll be with you to the end of the age. Your promise is I'll never leave you. Your promise is that we'll do this together. So Lord, I want to pray for every brilliant person here that they would start getting real about their life. That even today they would start to make decisions to say I'm taking this by the scruff of the neck. No more drifting. I'm taking a step forward. It might be a small step, but it's a step. I'm going to choose to engage somewhere. I just specifically want to pray just for one moment for people who are wrestling with that area of forgiveness. I told my story and I don't pretend it was easy. But I know this to be true. When you genuinely forgive someone, it frees you up to move forward. So can I just invite you just to close your eyes for a minute and give everyone a moment. Because here's what I want to do. If you know there's some unforgiveness in your world and you're thinking, yeah, I feel challenged. I need to sort this out. If that's you, I want to pray with you. So give me a wave if that's you. It's just me and you, see. Bless you. Oh, wow. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. All around the room. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. You can put your hands down. Thanks, guys, for your honesty. I believe even just by raising your hand there, you're showing some intent to your father that I mean business here. So God bless you. But here's my prayer. Lord God, I just empower every brilliant person right there who says, yeah, that's in my life. I empower them to let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Don't let it hold you anymore. Just in your own mind right now, you just forgive that person or, or whatever your situation it is. You just take 10 seconds as a prayer prayer of saying, Lord, I'm giving it to you. I let that person go. I forgive them. I speak a blessing on them. Come on, take your moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, my prayer for these guys and girls is that having made that choice, Lord God, that you would just back them quickly. That they would suddenly see their life moving forward where it wasn't moving forward before because they've let it go. And they would have a testimony of your goodness. That when I forgave someone, just as Jesus forgave me, my life shot forward. So I'm excited for you, people. I'm excited for you. You're going to advance. You're going to advance.
I always love to give this opportunity. Just let's keep our eyes closed for one more moment. Is there anyone here today who's distant from Jesus? Like you've come here today and you either didn't know Jesus or you've drifted away from Jesus or you're living a different life and you feel like today's the day I want to make an active choice to get my life in order and say, Jesus, I need you. I want to walk this out with you. I want that outrageous life that Barry talks about. That's what I want. And I need you to do that. If that's you today, give me a wave because we're going to pray a prayer. Is there anyone today who says, I want Jesus right in the middle of it all. Bless you over there. Is there anyone else? Someone near the back there. Thank you. Bless you over there. Over in, over in zone three. Is there anyone else? Come on, let's get right with Jesus today. Take your moment. Lives get changed in this environment. Come on, we're going to pray a prayer. I've seen two people. There might have been others. But lives are going to get right today. People are going to advance. This is exciting. Heaven rejoices over this stuff. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you love me. Today, I choose to let you, Jesus, be my king, to live in my heart and to lead me forward. I turn away from the things that break your heart. And today, I commit to you. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate with heaven. Lives are changing. Let's worship. Awesome. What an amazing message. Should we say thank you for an incredible message this morning?